This is an ABC podcast. A shiny new building does not necessarily mean success. Hello from the children of planet Earth. astronomer Carly Noon. And I'm deadly Camillaroy scientist Corey Tutt. And this is Cosmic Vertigo. The show that takes a down-to-earth and deadly look at all the sparkly. And the not-so-sparkly. Stuff in the sky. So last time we were talking about that really cool black hole pic. Super cool. And to take super cool pics like this, you kind of need a lot of things, right? Smart people... Lots of smart people, algorithms, cloud servers, and not Elon Musk. But you also need telescopes, of course. There can be networks of telescopes linking together across the globe. Or, you know, just a single big badass telescope sitting on top of a mountain somewhere. And as deadly as these telescopes are, and the people that are working with them, they're not without their problems. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about today. Cosmic Vertigo coming at you right now. We are now creating some of the largest telescopes, you know, some of the largest structures we've ever seen. And it's been pretty incredible. Some have survived, some haven't, as we saw with the poor Arecibo. Rest in peace, forever in our hearts, Arecibo. Arecibo. Have you heard of the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico? For those who've actually used the iconic facility for exploring the night sky, today is a kind of sad day. After decades of use, the telescope has completely collapsed after its 900-tonne receiver platform crashed onto the giant dish below. It was a 350-metre diameter telescope. It was absolutely huge. And unfortunately, you know, the bigger they get, the more expensive they get, of course, and the harder they are to maintain. For the case of Arecibo, it was just too expensive. It just wasn't getting the maintenance it needed to support its 350 metres. But we are seeing other telescopes come out. A really good way around this is to break it up, right? Breaking up these really large telescopes into smaller telescopes and then combining, doing the work behind the scenes in order to get the same that we would get with a really large single-dish telescope. So these telescopes are going all over the world now. You know, we have the eight that are a part of the Event Horizon Telescope. We have the Square Kilometre Array in Australia, in Western Australia, and South Africa. We have optical telescopes literally everywhere on every mountaintop around the world because size and location matter. These are two of the most important aspects when building a telescope. And, you know, the more we look out, the more we want, 
right? The universe is really big. We just want more. We want more of it. We want to know more and more about it. So our telescopes are getting bigger and bigger. How do you feel about this? You know, our world being littered and our mountaintops being littered with these telescopes. You know, it's a really important ethical question because obviously to make a telescope, we have to take stuff out of the ground, like resources. You know, this is a consideration that scientists and engineers have to make. But there's also the human impact as well. You know, whose land are we building on? These are really important questions astronomers need to be asking ourselves. I think for a really long time, science has gotten away with some pretty nasty things in the name of science. We can kind of do anything. But I think now the human toll on that, the societal toll on that is becoming... We're becoming more aware of it, right? And we can't ignore it anymore. We need to be listening to people and communities with what they think and what they want. And, you know, the fact is, not everybody wants a telescope on top of their mountain. Yeah, well, I mean, it's problematic. And I think, you know, one of the good examples um, is, you know, what's happening in Hawaii at the moment with the construction of the TMT telescope. There's the other consideration is that when you build something like that on someone else's land, then you are bringing people that are uninvited to that land onto that land. And that's a consideration that, you know, in Australia, we face that with our communities, our mobs. You know, we build a telescope in central Australia, then we've got, you know, scientists that are uninvited by the elders coming onto the land. And that, you know, that's just disrespectful. Protests have been continuing at Hawaii's highest mountain where they're trying to block the construction of a massive telescope. Here's some of the protesters who've been singing at that demonstration. Now, the hundreds of native Hawaiians and their supporters who've been demonstrating at Mauna Kea say that the $1.5 billion observation telescope's being built on sacred land. So a lot of protests have been happening in Hawaii on the amazing Mauna Kea mountain. And, you know, these protests have so little to do with the construction of this new telescope, the TMT. From my understanding, you know, reading some of the opinions of the First Nation peoples there and the protesters and what they're saying, it's not about, you know, stopping progress. It's not about, you know, spirituality versus science. It's nothing to do with that. It's really about respect. And the land on which they're building It's a hugely significant site for these people. It's named after one of their gods, and it's basically called the Sky Father, Mauna Kea. It's hugely significant for these people. And, you know, they weren't even really consulted with before the telescope was given approval. And this is on public land. And, you know, I want to put public land in quotation marks because that's what this is about. These protests, very much not about the telescope at all. It's about the fact that this is public land and the public have no say in what happens to it. And this is a really ongoing thing that has been happening to the Indigenous people of Hawaii for a really long time now. And I think this is just them saying, you know, we're sick of it. We want respect. You know, we put people in power to govern, to look after us. 
not to look after one part of society. We vote for governments to look after all society, from the lower social economic to the upper end of town. But, you know, when decisions are made like this without community consultation, it's just purely irresponsible. And, you know, for the First Nations people that have these cultural sites, it is secondary trauma to see them get destroyed and disrespected in that way. And like you said, it's less about the telescope and more about the insensitive decisions that are being made. And, you know, this happens in Australia as well. We all know this. We as a society, we need to, one, get connected to our First Nations people because we're deadly and we're proud of it. But also we need to learn that a shiny new building does not necessarily mean success. It doesn't mean, you know, you're doing Mm. the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. There's a really great quote that I think really captures what you're saying. And, you know, I'm so glad it come from a scientist, Rosie Alligado. She's from Hawaii. She's involved in this situation over there. She says that she feels like astronomy on Mauna Kea could represent an example of when science got off course. But we, of course, course corrected and came back stronger than ever. And I really hope that is the case. You know, 38 protesters, 38 Indigenous people were arrested for protesting the destruction of their land and the destruction of their sacred sites. You know, even The Rock, The Rock himself showed up in support of the First Nations people here. You know, this is a time when we as society and scientists, we need to be listening We need to be listening to our communities. Look, firstly, shout out to The Rock, friend of the show. (laughs) He is the king of the Ormagoos. But, you know, it's important when people of that stature who have significant amount of followers who, you know, have the power to influence get behind things like this because 38 people getting arrested for protesting something that has been put on their land without permission, you know, it shows that the problem is deep and aesthetic. Like we say we're getting closer to being more culturally diverse and accepting, but we've got a long way to go. Yeah. I think there's this idea that colonisation has stopped, but that's not the case at all. And, you know, we see that in Mauna Kea and what's happened here. These people gave no consent. There was no informed consent or consultation that happened. Colonisation is, is very much still alive and well. And I think we need to start acknowledging that. Well, it's like I can say I'm on a diet, but I still eat chocolates. You know, it's it's <laughs> the same it's the same sort of thing, right? Because they're saying, oh, yeah, we're not racist. We're not, we're not colonising anything. But we really are. It's like, it's the equivalent to me saying I'm on a diet, but then eating a bunch of Kit Kats. (laughs) I'm on a Kit Kat diet. Um, (laughs) Cosmic Vertigo is brought to you by me. Tut Corey. And me, Carly Noon. This season is produced by Ivy Shee. Joel Werner, the executive producer, our judge, our executioner, and he's pretty deadly. If you like what you heard today, please leave us a lovely review and tell your friends about the show. And enemies. But that's it for this time. We'll see you soon. Later. Bye.
You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.